This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Paul Canetti. It is Friday, November 18th, 2022. So, <laughs> Tech News uh, is coming fast and furious. That is for sure. And, you know, I haven't published an episode actually in a couple of weeks because, well, first, okay, I was going to do an episode on Twitter, obviously. Uh, right after Elon took over. But I didn't want to do the take that everyone was doing, which was there's chaos in the streets and, you know, advertisers are pulling out, whatever, whatever. I was like, let me sit back and kind of see what's happening with this for real. Like what's actually happening as opposed to what, uh, are people worried about is might happen, whatever. Then FTX happens. And, you know, a good amount of time, like a week before many uh, people were reading about this in the mainstream media, this was breaking out on Twitter because Twitter is where everything happens in the world of tech and in the world in general. And, um, you know, really getting the play by play minute by minute of exactly what was happening with FTX, with Almeda Research, with uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, et cetera. And things got so crazy that I actually felt something that uh, someone once called, and I really like the term, I had Twitter poisoning the same way you would have like alcohol poisoning. And I don't know if you use Twitter the way I use Twitter, or maybe you have a different vice like Instagram um, or maybe actual alcohol. But it was clear that I had had enough and that I couldn't stop sort of doom scrolling. And there was so much happening between the Twitter fiasco and the FTX fiasco that um, it was just too much. So what did I do? Uh, I went cold turkey. I deleted Twitter from my phone, which I do periodically, um, along with, you know, uh, any other sort of social media. I deleted all my work email accounts from my phone. Um, So basically, my phone became way less interesting to look at. I spent time with my kids. I went for a walk. Uh, I went to this amazing charity benefit concert over the weekend um, and was just checked out for a couple of days, sobered up, came back. This week has been just as crazy, even if not as uh, new, but as these two sort of parallel stories keep unfolding in my Twitter feed and now well beyond. And um, all of that is to say today's episode is still not about Twitter. Uh, For the record, I do not think that Twitter is going to shut down in the next week. I promise 
before the season is over, I will do the comprehensive episode on Twitter. Multiple people have asked me about this. Uh, it's coming, but I'm waiting for a bit of the dust to settle. The sneak preview is that I do not think Twitter is doomed. I do not think that Elon Musk is a moron. I think uh, many things, good and bad, about the situation. Um, but in the end, I actually believe Twitter will be much better off when it's all said and done than it was before this whole mess started. And, um, you know, will the juice be worth the squeeze? We'll have to see. Um, but as someone who loves Twitter, spends a lot of time on Twitter, uh, cares about what happens to Twitter and recognizes its significance in the world, uh, I actually feel better about Twitter in the longevity sense now than I did a month ago. Um, and I know I'm in the very small minority, or at least it seems like I'm in the small minority um, just because the voices within the tech community are so adamantly against Elon Musk. By the way, a man who until recently the tech community loved uh, and, you know, applauded for being so innovative in his other endeavors. So um, I will do an episode on Twitter. I'm not ready yet. Today's episode is about something perhaps even crazier, though, which is FTX and SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. And so, if you've been living under a rock, your life is great. Uh, but just in case, I'll fill you in on the basics of what has happened here, uh, what FTX is, who Sam Bankman-Fried uh, Bankman is, and everything that has transpired uh, in the past week or so. Um, and then talk about how this fits into the larger world of crypto and Web3, uh, which, you know, I am very bullish on and passionate about. Um, also, there's, you know, a whole background here that has nothing to do with crypto about philanthropy and the effective altruism movement. Um, and so there's a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. Crypto exchange FTX files for bankruptcy following a halt on customer withdrawals and a series of revelations indicating fraudulent and unethical behavior, to say the least. Okay, what is FTX? FTX is a company. Uh, actually, a few different companies, but let's just think of it as a company. Um, it's a crypto exchange. This means that it's a place where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Its competitors are companies like Coinbase, uh, Binance, and others where you can exchange your local fiat currency, let's say like US dollars, and buy something like Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever, and then maybe do other things. Uh, with it, um, earn interest on different accounts in different ways, things like that. Okay. Founded by this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, who until 
just a few days ago, was the richest person on the planet under the age of 30. And very public figure over the past few months um, because he was spending a lot of time in Washington, D.C., really trying to work with regulators on uh, how cryptocurrency exchanges should be regulated and the laws around this, which is so ironic now, of course. Um, we'll get more into that in a moment. Um, and in tandem, SBF, as he is known, also had a company called Almeter Research, which is um, basically a crypto hedge fund. So they are investing money uh, to make a profit by buying and selling different types of cryptocurrencies. And not just cryptocurrencies, in theory, could be any sort of asset, but that's the bulk of it. You have these two things that really shouldn't be owned and managed by the same person, um, but they were. And that's actually against the law in the U.S., but they were operating out of the Bahamas. So let me back up a little bit and tell you about when I first learned about SBF and FTX. This was about a year ago, and I maybe peripherally had heard of FTX and heard of its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, but really didn't know much about it. And then I listened to an episode uh, of Sam Harris's podcast, Making Sense, where he interviewed SBF, um, not really much about crypto, but really about this idea of earning to give, which is an idea born out of this philanthropic born out of this philanthropic movement called Effective Altruism, also called EA, which I'm a big subscriber of. And basically, the EA movement more broadly is about doing good in the world in a very analytical way rather than in a sort of feel-good, touchy-feely way, really thinking about um, how can we maximize our impact to do good in the world. And uh, a sort of new spin on philanthropy where, you know, a classic example would be if you're a high earnings potential type of person, you could volunteer an hour to work at a soup kitchen or you could, you know, consult for an hour and make $500 and then donate that $500. And probably your hour is better spent on consulting and donating the money versus volunteering. Now, for someone else, that might not be the case, but it's just thinking about how you can maximize your impact. And for different people, that's going to mean different things. And this idea of earning to give is that you are trying to maximize your earning potential so that you can give it all away. Or it doesn't need to be all of it, some of it. There's something uh, called the pledge, which is a, a pledge that people make to give away 10% of their income, regardless of their income level, um, to give away 10% uh, to uh, charitable causes um, and the most effective charitable causes. And uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, apparently, or at least what he said, is that he was trying to figure out how can I make the most money in the world so that I can give it all away? Like not 10%, like 99%. And he discovered crypto trading. And, you know, 
I also would have loved to say, yeah, I think I'll just go make billions in crypto trading. Obviously, the guy is a genius, right? A savant. Um, he was able to really do the thing he set out to do or that he said he was setting out to do, which is to make an insane amount of money. So much so that, again, he became the richest person uh, under 30 years old. I think at his peak, he was worth somewhere around $25, $26 billion, just him personally. Um, and the company also worth tens of billions. And he planned to give it all away to charitable causes. He became a major donor to the Democratic Party. Uh, one of his partners was a major donor to the Republican Party. I don't know if they planned that or whatever. Um, but uh, having a real impact in the world. And I thought, this guy's freaking awesome. What an amazing story. Uh, what an amazing motivation to do well in business so that you can make an impact on the world. Like Bill Gates, it turns out, does a ton of philanthropic work, but I don't think that's why he was building Microsoft in the first place. And here's someone who's really setting a new kind of template for what it means to be an entrepreneur and to want to make money uh, so that you can help others. Like, so cool, right? And all of a sudden, FTX was everywhere. I had never even really heard of it. All of a sudden, they have Super Bowl commercials starring Larry David, and people are buzzing about it, and they're buzzing about this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, um, and it just all seemed like a dream, you know? And in the crypto world, uh, FTX became known as a legitimate exchange that, you know, I don't know how many users they had, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands um, of people that are using this product and billions of dollars uh, sort of being transacted there. Skip ahead to about a week ago. Everything's going swimmingly, by the way. Like, I think even to most insiders, there was nothing suspicious about this. Uh, maybe some very, very insiders, but like, you know, I follow this stuff pretty closely and I continue to just assume like this is a legitimate company and they're, you know, kicking ass. Even in this sort of crypto downturn, just like the stock market is significantly down, so, so are crypto markets. But um, regardless. Okay. So what happens is, I'm not going to get into the gory details because it doesn't really matter, but one of FTX's biggest competitors, a company called Binance, has its own sort of kingpin uh, known as CZ, who operates out of China. He tweets that he is basically going to sell all of his FTX tokens. They have a token that was actually called FTT. Um, you can think of it sort of like a stock, but it's not exactly a stock. Um, but it's a cryptocurrency issued by a company that other people can freely buy and sell. And Binance, one of their competitors, actually owned a ton of FTX's tokens. And he announced publicly, we're going to sell it, which obviously is a signal to the market that something is wrong. And what ended up happening is essentially a run on the bank. Consumers got nervous that something was wrong with FTX and they wanted to withdraw their funds. They were worried that if I wait too long, I might not be able to get my money out later. So I want to get it out now. But everybody had that idea at the exact same time. Um, and this has actually happened a few times now in crypto in the past year. Because again, when everything's going up into the right, 
Nobody wants to get their money out because everyone's making and making a lot of money. Now all the prices are down. People get spooked uh, and they want to pull out. FTX didn't have the funds available to actually allow for everyone to withdraw their money. And that became apparent very quickly. Now, it gets much, much, much worse than that. It's not just that they didn't have the liquidity available, which again, like your average bank wouldn't either, um, but they're you know insured by the government, which is a key difference. But in fact, it turns out that FTX had used those consumer deposits to make very risky bets on the Almeida research side of the house. And that essentially they were sharing funds between the two companies and also uh, distributing money to the founders, to the employees. And as we've gotten deeper into it over the last week, there was just so much nefarious behavior at the beginning, it sort of seemed like this was, you know, a series of errors or honest mistakes. Um, what has come to light is that this was really malevolent behavior, fraudulent behavior by SBF and by his partners. Um, and also, it's come to light even just yesterday that the business was basically just a whole sham in the first place. Um, they don't have basic documents like a balance sheet or a list of all of their bank accounts. They don't have an inventory even of their employees or any employment agreements. I mean, the basic, basic things that any company, big or small, should have because there was really no external governance, even though major VC firms like Sequoia Capital, one of the best known venture capital firms in the world, had invested into FTX. They didn't have a seat on their board uh, because FTX was able to get these very preferable terms because the business was doing really well, seemingly. And I think people were so enamored with Sam Bankman-Fried that he got a lot of free passes. And I count myself among them. Like, this guy sounded totally legit. Not just legit, but like, he is an amazing person and... I am rooting for his success because it's all of our success, blah, blah, blah. Turns out he's just an evil genius, not a cool genius. <laughs> and I saw a tweet that was like, this is like finding out Hermione is Voldemort. And so that really does capture it. Like, it's not just, oh, wow, this random CEO of this company was a bad dude. It's such a stark contrast to who we thought he was that it just really, really stings. Now, what does this mean on a practical level? It means a ton of people lost their money. These customers are not getting their money back. Those investors are not getting their money back. You know, I feel less bad for them than these customers. The legitimate employees of FTX that had stock in the company that had been encouraged to invest their life savings into the product, they're not getting their money. Um, the whole thing is insane. SBF himself is now uh, apparently worth, you know, a few million dollars, maybe down from 25 billion and quickly on his way to zero. He might face criminal charges, but maybe not because he's not operating in the U.S. So like who's going to prosecute him? Um, but U.S. customers were affected. Many, many, many questions 
still being asked and many fewer answers. But what's really happened over the last week is this sort of progression from, oh my gosh, there's a problem with FTX to, oh my gosh, the whole thing was basically a criminal enterprise the whole time, which is just disappointing and scary and shitty. And as far as its larger impact on the crypto community, it's interesting. To the outside world, this is, you know, basically uh, something that skeptics can point to and say, see, I told you crypto is a scam, right? Which everybody thought anyway, and here it is. Crypto, though, is not a scam. These were scammers running a company fraudulently to take advantage of people that actually wanted to participate in crypto, right? So, um, you know, if it turns out that your local pizzeria was uh, stealing money from its customers, um, you wouldn't say, see, told you pizza is a scam. No, these are bad people running this pizzeria that were taking advantage of real customers that really do want pizza and like pizza. Um, and ironically, this really isn't Web3 in the technical sense, right? The whole idea of Web3 is to have decentralized systems that do not have a CEO, that do not have centralized powers uh, that can defraud their users, that instead you have a network of peer-level participants that have full transparency and visibility into all financial transactions, have uh, say in the governance of the organization um, or uh, goings-ons of the you know particular service, whatever we might be talking about. Now, the semantics, though, don't matter that much out in the world. You say, well, technically, this isn't Web3. It's not a decentralized system because then it's like, what? Who cares? Like, it's all bad for business. He is just giving a bad name to the crypto industry, to Web3 in general. Uh, and a lot of hardcore Web3 people, again, didn't even like him to start with because um, he was pretty much against decentralized systems. And you can see why. Because he was really benefiting from a highly centralized uh, company. Um, but it's just bad news. It's bad news all around. Um, and it's going to have some serious ripple effects. And on top of that, people are also coming out and saying, see, I told you effective altruism was a scam. And earning to give is a scam. And to me, it's the same thing. Like, actually giving money to philanthropy is not a scam. Pretending to want to give money to philanthropy, yes, of course that's a scam. But if somebody, you know, uh, basically steals or creates a bunch of wealth uh, through fraudulent means under the guise of giving it to charity, you don't then say, well, charity is a scam. It makes no sense. Um, but narratives matter. The other really weird thing is if you look at pieces in the New York Times or I think Vox or some others, just this week, I mean, after all of this has been revealed, there are these crazy puff pieces like 
about, you know, oh, Sam Bankman Freed made a few mistakes. What he learned for next time kind of thing. It's like, what are you talking about? This guy's like Lex Luthor. Why are we writing a puff piece about him in the New York Times? Um, and, you know, uh, people that criticize the mainstream media, a lot of times I sort of roll my eyes at that sort of thing. Um, but it is hard to roll your eyes when you see what people are writing about this guy. And um, the whole thing is a freaking mess. So what do you need to know as a layperson? Uh, this was not the failings of crypto. This was not the failings of blockchain technology gone wrong uh, and that the, the tech somehow allows for this sort of behavior. These people, as it turns out, for instance, had like all the passwords for all of their crypto accounts um, in a shared group email account. That's how they save their passwords, right? So um, these are social problems. These are people problems. These are uh, bad actor problems. And true Web3 decentralized systems um, and blockchain technology in general its whole mission is to make it so that it would be impossible to be uh, taken advantage of in this way. Um, doesn't mean there aren't any scams on the blockchain, but again, bad people are going to go wherever there's an opportunity to do bad things. And especially in a space that's so unregulated um, and they were operating in the least regulated way possible. Compare, for instance, to a company like Coinbase that operates in the United States, is listed on a U.S. stock exchange, uh, you know, tries to be as by the book as possible, even though there aren't really many laws for them to follow. They are attempting to follow whatever laws they think apply to them. Whereas FTX, in retrospect, was basically trying to be as shady as possible in the name of um, offering things to consumers that would have been impossible to do within U.S. jurisdiction. But again, looking at it, it's like, oh, right. They had a bunch of crazy offshore companies because they were stealing all the money. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and it feels bad to be duped. It really, really does. Um, but thankfully... I'd never used FTX. I didn't have any money there. Uh, none of my, you know, close relatives or friends did. Um, but there are some people that really lost a lot of money. Um, and uh, and that's horrible. And um, and then, you know, a little less horrible, but still terrible is just how this has sort of marred the whole industry. And um, and again, you know, at the rate we're going, God knows what we're going to find out next. Um, but I would imagine there is more and more of this story to come. So that's Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. And, um, you know, you just, in the end, put your trust in humans and they can screw you. That's true in your personal relationships. And that's true. Uh, with corporations uh, and governments, um, especially when there are no checks and balances in place. And uh, ironically, this is one of the things that crypto 
originally was trying to solve for? How can we create a system that does not require trust in other humans? Because if we all trust the software, because we've all sort of audited the code ourselves and we say, yes, this software is what we want to happen and no one can alter it from this point forward, then there's no need to put your trust into people. And so um, you can't be screwed by people if people aren't in control in the first place. And so um, it's a whole tangled web here. Uh, that's the ethos of crypto. And yet what we have is crypto getting a bad name because of people's bad behavior. The last last thing that I'll add, and I know this is a, a longer episode than usual, is I just want to say that uh, if you were affected by the tech layoffs, obviously Twitter was talked about the most, um, but was dwarfed by the recent layoffs at Meta and Amazon and um, pretty much every tech company, big and small, um, at this point has done some sort of mass layoffs. Um, and if they haven't, they are likely to. Um, and I just want to say, I'm really sorry that that is happening. And I feel really bad for anyone impacted by that. Um, you know, as a business professor, I understand what's happening here. And, uh, in order to slow down inflation, people need to lose their jobs so that they have less spending power and mentally uh, want to spend less and that lowers demand and uh, eventually that is what helps bring down inflation. It's not the whole story, but it's a big part of the story and it is a necessary evil of uh, financial policy that um, you know when you raise interest rates and you leave them, at a raised level, uh, eventually companies do mass layoffs and it's all basically part of the plan. Um, that does not make it any better for the individuals that are affected. And I certainly wish it wasn't that way. And, um, and it sucks, but, um, but it, it, it's an interesting time because again, as a student of business, you should be really trying to understand why are all of these things happening um and as a human being you should recognize like this is terrible and my students that are graduating this spring are worried like are, are they going to be able to get a job um and i don't know i don't know but um you know just hang on tight and uh this too shall pass all right well thanks for tuning in as always I'm Paul Canetti. I'll see you next week for more tech news for MBAs. This is a really good podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>